Welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast presented by the Athens Limestone County Public Library. Each episode brings you into the library to meet our collection of people making an impact on the community of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Welcome to another episode of Between the Stacks. My name is Jennifer Baxter. I'm the Library Director for Athens Limestone County Public Library, and I have the opportunity to sit here today with Miss Sally Cowart Brock and Mr. Dan Havley. And Miss Sally Cowart Brock has written a book built specifically for the Athens community. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the book, uh, what it is, and I'm going to let you take it away. Well, first of all, Jennifer, thank you for this opportunity. Um, The book came about by accident because writing is not something I do. I'm a musician. But in looking at pictures that I had of the family and the old scrapbook, I came across so many pictures of the band from the early years in the 40s. Um, And my dad at that time was the band director. He came here in 45. And so I was looking at all those pictures, and I could see the different things that he accomplished And I thought, this is something that needs to be written down. And I wanted it recorded, uh, not only for my grandchildren, but for uh, kids in future years to see what the band was about, how it started. And that was one question that came to my mind was, I knew what it was while my dad was here from 45 on through 68, but I did not know how it had started. So that led me to... Uh, gather all the yearbooks that I could from people and to come to Athens and look through the archives. And it was there I found a book by Faye Axford where she had collected the lead lines for different articles in the paper. And this was in a book called The Troublesome Thirties. And there it was that a meeting was called on October the 3rd in 1938, called by the science teacher Mr. J.B. Foley, for interest that the kids had in starting a band. This was not Mr. Foley's idea, and this is what I really liked, and I saw this theme all through the years. The kids were the ones that wanted a band for their school. They knew that Coleman, who was one of our rivals in football, had had a band for 10 years. Athens had become Athens High School in 1936, So by 38, they were into their third football season, and the kids were seeing these other schools come, and they had a band, and they wanted one of their own. But what was especially interesting about that first uh, meeting was that not just kids that would participate in the band came to it. There were, like, officers from the different grades that came. There were some football players that came. There were some who could already play and then some who wanted to be in the band in the future that came, but it was a diverse group. They wanted this, and so because they wanted it so badly, the parents and the teachers supported them. But going on, after I found that, then I collected everything I could there, coming to the archives. There were books here at the history room in the library and uh, just kept a notebook of things. I started out with one notebook and it got so fat that I had to change to a notebook for each decade. 
I think what's really interesting is all of the the really the digging and the work that you've done to come up with this comprehensive book about the Athens High School Band. You said you had a big fat notebook, but how do you turn a notebook of stuff into a book? Well, what I did was try to look for the most important things in each year. The whole book is separated each year, school year, like the first school year is called 38-39. But during that first early period, um, I learned about the influences that shaped the ideas that America had and that Athens had for what they expected uh, of a band. And as a matter of fact, we find that everybody thinks it's the high school's band. It was not necessarily the high school's band. Even 25 years before the high school offered band, Athens hired a band to come for the opening of the LNN Railroad. But when I looked back and I read the different things that the band participated in, it was like the Easter sunrise service for the city. It was the 4th of July out of the fairgrounds. It was for the opening of the Athens Limestone Hospital. The uh, cattle auction on the courthouse square where the uh, prize bull bought $20,000, and that was a lot of money in the 40s. And then they were invited to other towns to play, Haleyville, um, Pulaski, just in anything military. These events were city events. So it was that the city embraced the band. So this is part of the history of the city, mm -hmm. not just the high school. But then when they went to other towns, they represented their high school too. So I, I think that's important to look at it from that aspect. But during that first period of the band, uh, we were about to get into World War II. You will see that in, in the first six and a half years, there were five different men who were directors of the band. And of course, at that time, everyone was called to sign up for the military and they started with the younger ones and then they went on up. And so we would have a band director and he would stay for a year and he would leave. And then they would have another one, he would leave. And you know, the kids hung on, they hung on. But then it finally got to one point where, where there was a whole year without adult leadership. And that's where the, the problem started because first of all, bands at that time did not practice except at night. It was not part of the school curriculum, which was one of the main accomplishments my dad did was get it in the daily schedule. So they would practice two nights a week and um, it was hard to hang on. They did get the parents to help them participate in the fall football games after the band had kind of tuckered down to just a few in it. They got the uniforms back out and they sat in the bleachers and they played and they got on the back of a truck and rode down the field and they didn't march or anything mm -hmm. because they hadn't practiced that. But, you know, that was the spirit of the children. And I found an article in the Athens High School Scan It. That was the name of their newspaper. And it said, we have had a band all these years. Are we going to give it up now? No, we are not. <laughs> we met and we elected officers and they chose two students. They chose a drummer, and she would call the tempo and start the bands. And then they had the president of the band, George Rose, who later made a career as Cousin Josh on the radio. And those two kids actually kept the band going with support of the parents who would come and help them out. So that's how they, they got past that. And then by the time my dad came at the end of the war, practically from the South Seas, there were 17 left on the roll. Wow. So he had to start. And, and get it started all over again. He had a band room, 
and he had two bass horns, and otherwise it was get everything else started. And first of all, he visited in the homes to let the kids know that had dropped out that he wanted them back and that he was here to stay and establish this program and reestablish the feeder program. You have to go down and start it in the younger grades and just get a good foundation started. And so he did that. They came back, and it went from like 17 to 25, and then from 25 to 47 by concert season. And then, you know, by the time he got to 53, he had 100 in both programs, the junior band and the senior band combined. And then it finally got to where there were like over 100 in just the high school band alone. So it was a long time of building relationships and programs and getting a well-organized program going. But after 10 years, I looked at it, and everything was in place for that 10-year anniversary photograph that they had made. And all of this is covered in the book, and mm-hmm. even even more. Um, but by the time he got to 66, he was looking for someone he could hand this over to. And it was like when you have something that you have created, your artistic treasure, you don't just walk off and leave it, and you don't just give it to anyone. You look for someone that you can trust who has the talent and has the leadership qualities and can take it further. Daddy had brought the band to being recognized statewide, uh, respected, and known throughout the South. And then when Dan came, Mr. Haverly came in 66, they worked together for two years. Mr. Haverly took that program where it was and just continued the trajectory of the band program even to greater heights. So Mr. Haveley happens to be in the room with us today. Welcome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what led you up to join Mr. Cowart in 1966. Well, I've been a band person all my life. You know, I came here playing the horn. You know, my, my parents used to have to hide it from me, you know, when I go in the closet and practice. But anyway, just love playing. And my high school band director became the band director at Florence State College. But I joined him and came to Florence in uh, the fall of 62. And I got to know Mr. Coward through playing gigs with him. He had a band, a little uh, swing band type thing, and he would call me and in playing with him, we got to know each other, and he knew Mr. Large, who was my band director. And uh, basically, my junior year in college, I knew I was coming to Athens, believe it or not. I came over and, and uh, saw the band practice and everything, and Mr. Coward, uh, it was just, that's the way it's going to be, you know. And I came in, and Julia Newman was the superintendent at the time, and uh, it was a handshake. There were no contracts back then, you know. <laughs> Will you do this for this amount? Yes. Well, that was it. But I must say that it's just been a wonderful experience. Sally's done such a great job with this book, but I just wanted to say that this whole thing is about Athens. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy told me when I came here, he said, if you wear out a pair of shoes in Athens, you'll never leave. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> you know. So uh, Athens is a classic name, and it's a classic town and I just still people come up to me today you know saying man I just really the band days were great you know and stuff (laughs) so that just really means so much to me after all those years yeah Yeah. I was 34 years here and uh, our program has always been about the music I mean you have lots of 
bells and whistles and you know dog and pony shows out there but it's always that music was our main thing and I think that's where we got a reputation for always being very musical. My last year here we had over 25% of the school in the band. There were 205 <laughs> in the band and there was uh, not quite 800 in the high school at the time. Back That's a huge two, band. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. When you went to college, you went to Florence and you were a pupil there and you yes. were like, okay, I know I'm going to get a degree in... Music ed, yes. I knew all along what wow. I wanted to do. That's just, you know, one-trick pony. That's <laughs> I just knew that's what I wanted to do. My mother taught piano for 60 wow. years and I just... I came from a, a teaching environment. You know, teachers are, you're called to it, I think. If you're really dedicated to teaching, you're called just like somebody goes into the ministry or something. I just always felt that way. I always tried to look at it from a student's standpoint. How can I see it through their eyes? And I think it's been a, a good approach. But basically, it's always been about just music. And... Uh, not about winning and losing. It was never about winning, you know, contests or anything like that. I just wanted them to feel like they did the very best that they were capable of doing. You know, we worked hard. And uh, I was demanding, very demanding during rehearsals, but it was like Jekyll and Hyde, though. You know, when I was <laughs> off the podium, I, everything was, you know, neato. They have all kinds of stories, you know, about how gruff I could be or whatever, but anyway, it was a wonderful, wonderful ride, it really was, yeah. That's a nice story, a beautiful career. Yeah, yeah, we were able to take the kids uh, places where many of them would never have gone, you know, Phoenix and to Miami and great experiences, parades, competitions and stuff, but it's mainly just a reward for working hard, you know, so you do this, you know, we'll get to participate in that, so, uh, but Again, it's never been about trophies or anything. That's a side product if you're fundamentally sound. And uh, Jimmy and I worked together so well. I just admired him so much, and I miss him. But uh, Sally's done such a marvelous job of putting all this together. Can't say enough nice things about <laughs> the effort she's done. It's incredible. Yeah. It's moving to see someone put so much thought and effort and time into for me personally, as a librarian, especially a book, because you're recording a history, you're recording a time, and it sounds like a very meaningful time, not just, like you said, for you and the kids, but also for the city of Athens as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's wonderful that you've done this. Well, and we've been fortunate, too, that there are over 500 pictures in this book, pictures and memorabilia, even from programs of concerts in the 30s, through all of the bowls and bowl parades that he took the band on, Mr. Haverly let me have his collection of pictures. Uh, the high school band had collections of pictures on the walls. We have all of those in the book. Um, I took about five or six boxfuls of trophies and had a special collection picture made of those. And then people were so nice. You cannot believe how when you say, do you have any picture? Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'll bring this to you. And so many gave me collections. And we were able to cover every year with some kind of pictures from each year. And so your year spanned from 1938 when it was organized through 2000. Yeah. Wow. But um, I tried to include the names 
of everyone who's participated in the band. And this is with the help of Mr. Haverly identifying people. But I'd say we have over 95% of the the names of your claim to fame may be found in this book, you know. So you better purchase a copy. Oh, sure. Yes. (laughs) And I don't know that there will ever be another one. It has taken a long time, almost five years to gather all of this. of our comprehensive band book. I don't know that anyone else would be interested in doing it. But for me, it was right up my alley. I mean, it's what I absolutely love. And it, it's just been great. I've made you tell this story a couple of times, but I love it. About the first drum majorette. Mm-hmm. You were able to interview her about the book. Yes, I did. I knew what her maiden name was. And she had left Athens after her junior year and uh, moved away, and so I took her maiden name, and I started Googling, and then every name I found that had Betty Cook and something else, I got the addresses, and I wrote letters, so I wrote letters to all these people with Betty Cook, something or another, <laughs> and finally, I hit pay dirt. I got a response from her, yes, and uh, so then we, we talked on the phone, and we wrote back and forth, and uh, it was just really so nice. She was an encourager. And uh, she's no longer living now, but her daughter has already ordered a book. Her daughter's out in oh, Las wow. She was in Las Vegas. That's really cool. And the fact that you got her by writing a lot of letters to a lot of Bettys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got the right Betty. I did. That's wonderful. I did. All right. So is there anything else we want to add to this? Um, one other thing that I think would be good for the people to know is that we had someone who did stay longer with the band program, even than Mr. Haverly. Um, and his name is uh, Pat Bacon. Right. Mr. Bacon lives in Athens today, and um, he was 40 years with what started out as the junior high school, and then they changed over to the middle school system. But Mr. Bacon, some of his bands are in there. He has written us an article of his memories. Um, also, there were other specialists that are addressed in here. My dad had Rebecca Doopy who trained the majorettes, and he was so glad when a lady came along that would take that responsibility from him and take care of the girls and training them. And her daughters, the Doopy twins, who just were known throughout the southeast, they flipped all the way down the field with their <laughs> They were very athletic and acrobats and did wonderful jobs, and they were, from the fourth grade through the twelfth grade, they flipped with the band. And we were the envy of many schools for those people. Um <laughs> And then, of course, we mentioned Mr. Nuncy, who was always our band supply instrument person, repair, and he'd known my dad in Gunnersville before Daddy came here, and then he went on even through Dan's years. And uh, then Dan had specialists that he brought in. You want to mention those, Dan? Well, I, I just want to reiterate how important Pat Bacon was. Yes. You have to have a solid foundation mm-hmm. to begin anything, and, and Pat gave 40 years. Wow. Can you imagine being in middle school for 40 <laughs> years, much less? <laughs> no. But no, and I just want to say how much I appreciated him and his efforts. We worked together just really well. In fact, I didn't have a, a big staff. It was always part-time. You know, I had a part-time percussion instructor, Neil Flum, and then I had Stan Gillespie, who uh, mm-hmm. was amazing did all the auxiliaries, did the twirling and the flags and all this stuff. So, you know, just a small group, you know, we were able to pull it off. You know, a lot of these bands today got staffs of 15, 20 people on the staff. You know, we never had any more than two part time. It was hard work, but we enjoyed it. I guess it proved to be worth it. For sure. Sounds like they were a very award-winning band. 
Well, mm-hmm. we uh, participated in a lot of places and, and did well. Yeah. yeah. And all of these well, it was all about Athens. So, yeah. You know, it was, I told the band and told anybody that the, we weren't in it, you know, for band trophies. It was the community. And I always told the band, we're here for the school. You know, that attitude helped us be more successful because the, the community bought into it too, you know. And all these people are addressed in the book and others are too. You know, we tried to think of everyone that, that had helped develop this particular group and contributed their time and their love with these kids. So you've got it in process right now, right? It's going to be published and out on what date? We will have it here November the 9th at the library. We're doing offering pre-sales. If people want to be sure they have a copy, can go ahead and look at the website and uh, send in their reservations for their copy. And then we will have others that night. And we will sell until our supply is exhausted. And one other thing we've not mentioned today is this is done at no profit on my part. Mm -hmm. And this is that the proceeds will be going to the band after we pay for the publication of the book. Then all this will go to the band, and um, it will be the general band fund. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's very kind of you. So you'll be here November 9th. It's your book debut. You'll um, speak a bit to the creation of the book. And then the books will be available for purchase and for signatures Mm -hmm. that night. Mm -hmm. So be here on November 9th at 6 o'clock. I'm excited to have y'all here. I was telling Miss Sally, I've had a few people mention it to me. And I was like, how do they they know this already? Where are they getting this from? So I've already had people approach me and they're excited about it. I've been sending emails. Good. (laughs) It's working. Well, thank you guys very much. I appreciate your time and we look forward to looking at the book. Thank you, you, Jennifer. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, a podcast from the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.